everyone, and welcome to episode 48 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast. On this t- podcast, we talk about video games and movies and TV shows, news, or what we've watched or played during the week. My name is Barry with my tried and true co-host. My name is still Craig, and I'm still here. Um, that's why you're my tried and true. <laughs> still haven't gone anywhere. Haven't been replaced yet. Yeah, we haven't hosted auditions yet. I don't know about them, at least. That's fair. Before we get into the news, I just wanted to publicly apologize last week for the audio issues we have on my end because I was trying out a new mic and a new recording format for the podcast. So I hope you guys will accept my apology. And if not, then uh, I guess I've lost it forever. (laughs) We have lost all goodwill. (laughs) Yeah. But what I can promise this week is that we're going to start with the news, which we always do. So (laughs) no, nothing new there in the news. Yeah. But there is there is a decent amount of news. Some yep. most of it bad from what I from yeah, what a whole I saw. lot of bad this week, right? Yeah, at, le- at least from what I see. Like I'll start with you know my most important story mm-hmm. is the Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines Two has been indefinitely delayed. Yeah, uh, I got this story via Game Informer, and Hard Suits Lab has been the developer of the game has been taken off the project. So now we have no idea when this is coming out, or even if it will. Yeah, we're looking at um, a Dead Island 2 situation, I think, where that game was supposed to come out like four or five years ago now. And then that got keeps getting pushed every year. Um, and I think developers have come and gone on that as well. But I thought it was kind of interesting that they were like, yeah, the developers are gone. So something went wrong from what they showed to now. I don't know what it is, if it's just a complete train wreck or what, but it's not very often you hear them not only delay a game, but be like, yeah, we just fired everybody. (laughs) Well, this is again, one of the games that we saw in the Xbox game show. And the fact that they've now decided that this game needs to be scrapped. We, I honestly just have no clue what they're doing with it. Yeah. So now it'll be a bet as to which one comes out first vampires or dead Island two or halo infinite (laughs) or halo infinite. Yep. Or dying light two. Yeah, a three-way tie, a, th- a three-way race for which game never comes out. Yeah. Um, do it. I guess we could hit another game that got pushed today. Yeah. Good old Gran Turismo got delayed yeah, to 2022. That was pretty sad when I read that. So yet another next-gen game, current-gen, whatever you want to call it, that we won't see for this year. So starting to dwindle down a little bit as far as what's coming out this year. Yeah, what kind of sucks is that this getting Gran Turismo out would have been nice for Sony because Forza Horizon, while Forza Horizon is still pretty much the best racing game that a lot of people like, Mm -hmm. Gran Turismo on the PlayStation is something that people would definitely want to play. And now that more people are going to have to wait to play it, like that's it's going to kind of probably kill some of the momentum if for what if somehow we get the next Forza Motorsport or Horizon also in 2022. Right. Yeah, I don't it may just it may kill it may kill the momentum it has just because it's going to be pushed back. Yeah, I don't know that Gran Turismo is selling consoles. I mean, I'm sure some people would buy it a console just for that. But um, I never thought of a, a racing game in general being a console seller. But I mean, you can't even get the consoles right now anyway. So I guess that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that uh, the Sony executives did say that they expect in the latter half of this year to have better supply. So I don't know what that means if they think it'll be completely, you know, 
to be able to go into a store and buy something or if they think that you'll be able to just order it and have it in a reasonable time i don't know but that's what they're saying for now yeah and speaking of sony they also came out and said that more playstation games are going to be coming to pc the first one up is going to be days gone Mm -hmm. which you know that game i think got a lot of bad rap for what it did uh, for what it did i I did have trouble with the shooting mechanics in the game. I don't know why it just felt clunky to me compared Mm -hmm. to something like the last of us, which did not feel that way at all. So I I'm glad that maybe the last of us or sorry, days gone is going to get more publicity with it because it's coming to PC. But this is, this is good for the, the gaming community in general, that it seems that both developers have decided, well, if you're a PC gamer, you'll eventually get the games we play. We just, yeah. you just have to wait for them. Whether it's, you know, Days Gone is what, almost three, four years old now? <laughs> yeah, and not exactly the one that everybody's, like, clamoring for. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, people would want, like, if they said, oh, God of War is coming to PC or Last of Us is coming to PC, that would be huge. But Days Gone, I still want to go back and finish, but I just never did. There's a lot of it that just kind of felt clunky. Not only the shooting, I, th- I felt like kind of driving around could be a little clunky too, but, and that's a big part of that game. Yeah. And with all these new PS5 updates that continue to come out for these games, maybe I can give them another shot because mm-hmm. a lot of people are talking about how God of War feels like a brand, you know, a lot of people say it feels like a brand new game. I highly doubt that there's only so yeah. much 4k and 60 frames a second can do to a game, right. but it definitely makes it more interesting and makes people want to play the game again. Or, you know, in Sony's case, you're going to hear that and go, oh, I want to buy it. Right. I do like I still want to go back and play God of War again, but I find like it's hard to get the motivation because I platinumed it that yeah. like, oh, there's really nothing left for me to do in this game. Um, But it's such a good game that I feel like I should go through it again. Maybe I could just kind of streamline it and get through it in about half the time that it took me originally. But it's on the list to get through at some point. I definitely think streamlining would be the best option. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so on the Sony front, we have the uh, the next version of the PlayStation VR getting announced today for 2022. Um, about time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, changing the controller is a, is a positive that I think needs to happen. The old controller I felt was kind of ancient, right? At this point, out of touch when you compare it to other VR headsets. I mean, it still works. Yeah, it doesn't it. it doesn't do as much like Sony. What they Sony, what I guess they did was kind of smart is instead of these advanced tracking things, what they did is they end up using the camera to, and taught it to follow light, mm-hmm. which the that's what everything has in. In V in the Sony VR, your headset had a huge beaming light on it. The two controllers have two. Trying to think of what's the word for it, almost like lollipop, you know, like <laughs> right. balls at the end of the controller that lit up like different colors. So it was, you know, for them, this PlayStation VR is what got a lot of people into VR because it was pretty cheap at the time. Yeah, it was. Now, I think know, it we, was the cheapest at the time, right? Yeah, cheapest well, entry. Right, I think it rivaled the Quest. Like I think right. both of them were pretty, were pretty there. And with the Quest, you can do it without anything. And, you right. know, it feels like a lot of the population had PS4. So if you wanted VR, you could try it that way. Yeah. You know, there's there's a lot of things that I want from this VR. And this is the reason I held up on not getting a VR for PS4 is I want to get the VR for PS5. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping we get things. And I know it's a lot to ask for, 
but I hope for wireless. I hope to. I hope there's not as many wires because the wires are a mess. Yeah. In the PS4 version, and like with that, there was no 4K pass through on the little box that you got, so you ended up taking a hit on gaming side if you wanted to play games abroad. And let me tell you, trying to put together all those wires, it was not <laughs> worth it to like play a VR game and then come back and have to do everything over again and unplug it put in a normal game that type of thing so right i hope i hope to see a lot of improvements this one and a lot of the times with even technology you see that version two comes to a lot of the features that people are asking for so i'm hoping yeah. that this, this i mean they they have the potential here because obviously like the quest is a popular thing right now that's what you know obviously is sitting on my desk here but they have the potential if it's tapping into the ps5 to be a more powerful VR experience than the quest, um, which could be a good thing, right? Because there's a lot of games that I would want to play on my quest, but if I want to do that, I'm going to have to one upgrade my PC and then plug it, you know, tether it to my PC. So if they could find a way to use the PS five's power and make it wireless, I, I mean, that would be a no brainer as far as which one to go with, but it would all depend on price too. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're you're already asking five hundred for the console. If you're asking another three or four for the headset, that's almost a thousand dollars you're looking at. Um, that's expensive as opposed to people like myself who look at the quest and be like three hundred dollars is reasonable for an all in one package that I don't have to have wires everywhere. So yeah. they got some work yeah. to do, but it definitely has the potential to be something really cool. And I, and I hope it is. I've yeah. so, Sony can do a good job here. And if they can make it price up with the Quest there, I think it's going to be one of the better offers. I see mm-hmm. the headset alone going for maybe like 400 and then maybe the controller bundled in with the cameras and maybe 500. So we'll see. We'll, yeah. see what this, uh, we'll see what it has to offer. We then go into a whole bunch of other news now that we're done with the Sony stuff. Mm-hmm. One of the cool things I saw was a rare unreleased Nintendo 64 game called dinosaur planet was leaked and if you watch the trailer and see the game it looks a lot like the gamecube game Star Fox adventures that's because this it's what it was based off of i just thought uh, this is like a cool kind of gaming moment in history where a lot of people who wanted to see games preserved and that kind of thing got to see this much like with the james bond uh, yeah. golden eye port that they were trying to do so it's just a cool story, and if you want to read more, you can definitely read into it on The Verge or IGN or something like that. But it's, it, it is a definitely a really cool story to watch, especially if you played Star Fox Adventures, which I did, even though I had no clue what I was doing. <laughs> I thought it was cool, too, but that's the first thing I thought of. was like, with this one and the James Bond, like, what is who's finding all this stuff all of a sudden, right? Like, the James Bond one I thought was cool, like, I would have loved to have that back on the 360 days because GoldenEye is such a great game, but obviously it was probably some sort of licensing issue with Rare or Nintendo or somebody. Um, but I think it's that one's pretty easy to get a hold of and play on your PC if you want to, the GoldenEye one. Yeah. And I know a lot of people have already played it. I just don't think that this unfinished like N64 game, I yeah. think if you even try to play it, you're probably going to be disappointed with it. It's yeah. not something like GoldenEye or anything like that so it's it's gonna be an unfinished game it'll be cool to like play for like maybe the first couple minutes but then you're gonna get bored right that's just a cool piece of history yeah with let's see here 
I'll leave Nintendo news for last because there is a couple Nintendo stories. Warzone Season 2 announced with what looks to be a new map and introduction of new vehicles, new characters, of course, and whatnot. Now, this is Season 2 of Warzone that we're getting, and the update, I think, is in the day this podcast is released, now that I think about it. I'm pretty sure the update comes out the 25th yeah. of, of February, so... If you're looking for update in Warzone like like I am, because I've been playing it a little bit more with my friends, I'm hoping that we can. I'm hoping that it delivers because one thing that I really like about Warzone right now is the Rebirth Island because mm-hmm. these games are so much faster. Yeah, there's less people in it. It's not as impressive to be a hundred people, but I like a con- I like the condensed island with with people where you usually get in combat pretty quickly. It's um, it's just a nice faster game than what uh original warzone was yeah um a quick one that i had was we have the uh tony hawks pro skater remasters coming to the switch yeah um sometime this year is what they said they didn't give a definitive date they did give a definitive date for the next gen version which kind of leads into a little bit i guess of a rant i don't know if it's a full rant we haven't had one in a while so I think we're yeah, about to... <laughs> we're about due, but so the next gen version is coming out uh, PS5, X, Xbox Series X, Series S, um, you know, full 4K, uh, 60 frames, or you can do 1080p, 120 frames if you wish. But my issue with it comes from the fact that somebody like myself who already bought it, your upgrade, you can upgrade it to the next gen version, but they want you to pay ten dollars. And has any other uh, game has any other game done this yet? I don't think so. I think it's all been free, right? So I know for PlayStation, like uh, first party games, we're seeing a lot of those upgrades come out. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a situation where like, oh, that we want you to pay 10 bucks because that's the difference between the next gen and the last yeah. gen game. Almost like how it is for what. Like almost what it, not a lot of games did it, but like what Assassin's Creed Valhalla did, which you know, on PS5, you know, if you buy the PS4 version, there is a free upgrade, but there is a, ver- a Pacific PS5 version that costs ten dollars more. I right, I do have to agree with you. Hearing that you have to spend an extra ten bucks to somebody who yeah. is an early and, adopter, and they they do kind of like they tried to clarify it a little bit by saying that like, oh, there's, you know, there's some packs, some stuff that comes with it, right? When you upgrade, so there's another character. Um, there's some clothes, a bunch of clothes items that you can use on your creative skater, which is fine. But like, this is if this is like the first game really out there being like, no, you have to pay us for this. And people who already bought it, like myself, when it came out, and obviously I loved it, I had it really high on my list. But like, I've already played a ton of it. And if I want to play it again, um, I'll just stick with my normal version and you can keep your 120 frames per second. I'll be just fine. Like it, it looks and runs fine as is. Um, and I don't think being able to play it in 120 frames or, you know, that's in 1080p, a solid 60 frames at 4k is worth 10 bucks to me. I just don't yeah. think it is. So for the people who haven't bought it, you should buy it. Like, sure, go ahead and get the upgraded version. But if you already have it, I just don't see any reason to pay them $10. It seems ridiculous. Like you got to support the people who supported you and asking for $10 just seems like too much. Even like five dollars, I think I I don't know I don't know if I'd be as mad, but just give the upgrade for free. Honestly, at this point, yeah, I feel like it's I feel like it's kind of a you know oh hey look you might have bought in the game and helped us sell really well early, but 
now we need more money from you. Right. I don't know. I mean, maybe they're trying to gauge again, like how many people they can get with this. If it leads to underground getting remastered, then fine. You can have $10. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see what ends up happening with that. So pretty much then before we kind of get into all the news that happened with the Nintendo direct on Thursday, um, a, kind of a free roam survival game vanheim was released in beta and alpha and it's pretty popular right now Mm -hmm. you go on twitch and you know steam there's a lot of people trying to play vanheim right now and i guess it this is kind of a big craze right now with video games where there's a lot of games where it's pretty much survival role play type of thing where you get spawned into a world you have to gather crafting materials it's it's like minecraft but almost more i guess realistic in its gameplay and graphics to where you're as a viking you need to feed yourself and do all this um building to make kind of your own settlement and you can do the role play or you know you can kill other people it it looks like fun i've never gotten to this gaming craze yet with with that type of thing yeah i think it's coming to consoles too right yeah it will be eventually yeah it's Mm -hmm. just out on beta on um, steam right Looks interesting. I don't know if it's something I would like fall into, but I definitely want to at least try it. Everybody's been playing it, so mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, wouldn't it's everywhere. Yeah, I, I do plan on probably giving it a shot, whether it deserves it or not. So then, with that, we now go to the Nintendo Direct news from Thursday, which is going to be, you know, if we're going to kind of break it down pretty quickly here but if you want to read it i have a quick you know 7 minute read or 3 minute read up on the highsensitivitygaming.com where i break down the major announcements and some of the smaller ones as well so on thursday we got the announcement of pyra and mithra being added into smash there are two more characters left a lot of people are upset because it's a another anime sword wielding uh, character but you know in my article i kind of explained how i think people are getting so picky and have such high expectations for getting characters because we got characters like banjo kazooie in mm-hmm. the first pack that people just need to i think be happy with what whatever we're getting here because i do think the next time we see smash it's not it's not going to be the same not everyone's going to be eevee this is kind of the, i think the definitive you know beyond end all game of smash because I, you know, there there are many stories about how the director of this game, Sakurai, is, you know, he kind of he he wants to be done making these games. He wants to make other games because he used to make Kirby games too. We haven't seen Kirby in a while mm-hmm. either. So we, there's a lot of going back and forth with all this. But Pyron Mithra are announced, and that's the character we're getting. And you guys can't change that. <laughs> have to, you have to have live with it. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Some of the bigger announcements are we're getting Splatoon 3 coming out in 2022. You know, cool. I really want to get into Splatoon. I think I'm going to try really try to give Splatoon 2 its credit here with Splatoon 3 when it comes out in 2022. We then have uh, Super Mario Golf is now yes. coming back, which is awesome. You know, looks I, cool. I talked about how, you know, I really loved the GameCube version, and I think that if this... Mario Tennis was kind of the start of all this, mm-hmm. but I think if this game does well, we're going to see a lot more 
Mario games come back, sports games especially yeah. come back, you know, almost every summer if they can. I I don't mind Mario Tennis. It's not a bad game, but no. it doesn't rival Strikers right. or Super Mario Golf. So if golf does well, you know, we may see a Mario Strikers or a Mario basketball game or a Mario, um, let's see here, baseball or basketball game. Yeah, like there's... Yeah. You know, Nintendo makes a ton of money off of these and it doesn't cost. I, I, well, I don't think it, I think these games can't be that hard to make. I know they have to make them arcade and, and kind of fun, mm-hmm. but Mario golf is going to be really, I think it's going yeah, to be really that fun. Was, I think that one's going to be good. It, I think we all want Mario strikers, right? Like I think everybody's kind of like bring back Mario strikers, but Mario golf is, and Mario golf. I grew up on, on like, nintendo regular nintendo i mean it wasn't called mario golf then it was literally just called i think nes golf or something like that but it was mario golf um (laughs) so yeah and like that like arcade mode that they showed off looks really cool too just looks like absolute chaos which is great yeah and it's something where you know a lot of people or you know a lot of people complain about golf and that it's too slow Mm -hmm. well now online you don't have to wait for the other people you it's a race so yep there's there's a lot it's 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 fantastic nintendo like flourish to to a sport that really could you know while it has something that's slow they fix it by making it like that i it'll be fun i don't plan on making a wee a wee golfer you know i'm a peach main so i'll (laughs) peach and golf but it's um i i look forward to it it comes out in june and i think june tends to be the right time for these type of games to come out in summer and who knows? Maybe if this game does well, we may see Mario Strikers before the next World Cup. I think if when we talk about the right time to release another soccer game, it's probably going to be right before the World Cup. So yeah, yeah, it's smart. If, yeah, Nintendo can take advantage of that popularity, and if they do do it, you heard it here first. <laughs> we called it. Yeah. And to the final point, the point that I kind of I kind of did foresee here. Mm-hmm. We did get a little bit of news on The Legend of Zelda. One, we are not getting any news right now on Breath of the Wild 2. Director apologized for it, but he does say game development is going smoothly for it. On top of that, really what we're getting, it's a Skyward Sword remake. And that was kind of the most interesting thing of pretty much the presentation for me. One, because I love Skyward Sword. And... While people aren't the biggest fan of it, I really do think that maybe the Switch hardware is going to help it perform better. And with the new way of playing, where you don't have to use the motion controls, I I think a lot of people are going to be happier with it now that you don't have to use motion controls for it. You can just use the right joystick. I... This game is apparently already selling out, which doesn't surprise me. You know, people... People have been wanting a new Zelda game, and I think this is the best way to do it, considering that I don't think a lot of people got to really play Skyward Sword. I feel like that game, I feel like that Zelda was one of the ones that didn't get a lot of a lot of popularity right up, right up there. And on top of that, too, they're announcing some limited, I don't know if they're limited edition, but they're releasing like hyrule or his legend of zelda joy cons which are already yeah. selling out everywhere i can't even get my hands on one right now so <laughs> i you don't think personally though that 60 dollars is too high 
I I, I don't it know. Just maybe seems I, high. Maybe I'm used to it with Nintendo because it's they're, they're, it's the same thing they're doing with you know Mario 3D World that just came out. Yeah, but at least they gave you something extra. Like yeah. they gave you the you know Bowser's Fury, which obviously I'll get to later. But like, at least that was something new. So it didn't seem like oh I'm paying sixty dollars for a game that was already on the Wii U, um, and then you know also on top of that even though they were older games they they just gave us three Mario games for sixty dollars right and they were older but still that's three um, and one of them was a game on the Wii right Mario Galaxy, yeah. um, and now we're going to this and you know I think we both said you know we were expecting two Zelda games bundled together for sixty but they're only giving us one and they still expect you to pay full price because they know everybody's going to do it. Um, you know, if you love Zelda, which I'm not a huge Zelda fan, so it's no sweat off my back not to pay $60. But if you like Zelda, like obviously it's a no brainer. You're going to pick this up again for 60, but I don't know. It just seems high. Like yeah, I feel I, like 40 would be fair. And, and well, I can't say I disagree with you because yeah. I think it's for the most part at this point, I'm kind of jaded by Nintendo mm -hmm. to the point where, you know, we got Pikmin 3 Deluxe. That was 60 bucks. We got yep. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. That was mm -hmm. 60 bucks. There are so many of these re-releases that are coming out that are going to be 60 bucks because Nintendo tells you what it is and you're going to pay it. Because right. it's a first-party Nintendo game. And they know that they can pretty much ring you out for however much money they ask. Yeah, you know, they could probably make it 70 or 80 and people would still buy it. You know, I see a pushback with 80, if I'm being <laughs> honest. Yeah. And 70, you know, is the cost of a next gen game. And at that point, you're kind of like, well, I don't I'm not getting next gen features. Right. So I, right. I, I don't know. I absolutely agree with you. You know, if if I could making the game 50 or 40 bucks would be good. Mm -hmm. And if it was 60 bucks bundled with Twilight Princess, it would be even better. But right. one, uh, you know, Nintendo's not going to do that. They're going to take advantage of what they can. And two. I did talk about this in the article. There's a lot of rumors going around that we should still expect Twilight Princess to come out um, on Switch this year. Also so, for 60? <laughs> also, yeah, no, mm -hmm. also for 60. Um, yeah. me, per me personally, if they didn't announce it here, I don't think we're going to get it. If I'm being yeah. completely honest, like, I, I don't know what it is with, with my thought process because it makes sense. Porting it to switch i think would be super easy because we have the wii u version you right. just have to fix the ui where on the wii u the only the only thing that was on the wii u version of twilight princess is you could see your map on there and you could adjust your inventory right from there so mm -hmm. you pretty much would end up scrapping that ui and taking the ui from the weird gamecube version if you actually had a menu where you were switching out your inventory right. that way so it it wouldn't take a lot but i feel like I don't know, because Nintendo didn't announce it here. I just don't think they're going to do it. Maybe we see it in 2022, but I don't think we see it this year. Yeah, it's interesting. We, and, you know, I really thought we were going to get at least like, yeah, we are going to release Breath of the Wild 2 this year, but that ain't going to happen. <laughs> maybe no, next I, year, maybe. No, I have a feeling like with, the, with this type of Nintendo first party games, Nintendo's known for being stuck in old ways. So I have a feeling that the while many companies did have a lot of issues kind of going to a COVID type system with, with making games, I would probably go to Nintendo and they probably had the most trouble, mm -hmm. especially a first party one like this. And 
on top of that too we didn't get any pokemon announcements which yeah. i was really looking forward to because we're supposed to be maybe getting gen 4 remakes or let's go pichu which please 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 let's go pichu <laughs> i i know right. a lot of people want gen 4 but i really really love the johto region yeah and that's you know that's my bias i would be happy no matter what but i did think we'd see something I mean, they're probably sitting there being like, yeah, but we're giving you Pokemon Snap, so. <laughs> in April, that's and yeah. it's not too far away anymore. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not till the end of April that comes out, but still, you guys get my point. Yeah, true. But that's all I have for news. Anything else on your end? Um, Just one real quick one. I know, like, since you and I both watch football, you've noticed this past season that they use the uh, 8K cameras. Yeah. For and it literally makes it look like they're video game characters, <laughs> um, which is such a weird thing. Like I'm assuming, to me, I always it looks at it like you know that's the first time I watch something in on my like 120 frames, right? The 120 hertz on a TV, and you're like, oh, this everything looks like a soap opera, and then you just yeah. kind of get used to it. Um, but anyway, so they've started using 8K cameras in uh, the WWE now in their broadcasts, um, specifically for when they're walking down the ramp which again makes them look like video game characters. But turns out the reason they've been doing that is they're using that for motion capture for the next game, which I think okay. is kind of cool. Um, just a cool idea to use that to accurately recreate one, what they look like, how they walk, everything. So I thought it was a cool idea. Um, we'll see if it actually plays out because the history of the uh, WWE games isn't great right now. As of late, very yeah. much so. But, you know, they did take a year off to get the next gen version ready so hopefully it works out i just thought it was something cool that they kind of said they were working on so that's all i have yeah they they just need to bring back the old stuff from yeah. like the 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 early or late 2010 9 8 like that's when i played those games and they were so much fun mm-hmm. um you know there's they they need to hit the balance of realism and fun like yep. i get that you know sports games are all about realism and simulation type stuff right now but mm-hmm. you know try to Try to strike a fun balance. I think I think they went too far with Battlegrounds um, because that was fully arcade. Right. Yeah. And that was too far, in my opinion. Like me personally, I really enjoy the simulation aspect of those games for the same reason I like to play Madden or NBA. Like there's more you can do if you're into wrestling with the WWE game because you get to make your own storyline pretty much. Right. And do whatever you want and go week to week to week. Um, so I like that aspect and I hope I want them to keep that. And that's obviously the most popular mode for everybody is the my universe mode, but they do need to kind of incorporate some sort of arcadey version to get a lot of people back because they've lost a lot of people. Absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. Then with that, we're going to go ahead and get into our games played. Yeah. Which, you know, this last week we talked about Super Mario 3D World. This week mm-hmm. we'll talk about Bowser's Fury because we both sure. played it. And um, I have I have Persona Five Strikers in my impressions, but do you have anything? Any other games you want to mention that we're going to talk about? Um, I mean, I played some Melody of Memory. That's right. That's right. You did. That's right. You did. <laughs> but we right. can talk about Bowser's Fury if you want. Yeah, let's talk about Bowser's Fury first. Okay. Now, I have a very hard time beating or playing through the 3D Mario World games. Mm-hmm. Just in general, like when I was a kid, I've never beaten Sunshine. I, the only real thing, the only real one I've beaten, I think, was Super Mario Galaxy 2. 
mm-hmm. I think was the really the only 3D Mario that I've ever beaten. And it was the same thing with Odyssey. Like, I don't know what it is about these games, but the movement in them and what I see people do just really, I guess, overwhelms me. And I don't know. Yeah. It's, a, it's a very small complaint I have, but every time I, every time I, you know, would load up Odyssey, you know, I would, I wouldn't know how to get a star be- or get to a secret thing because I don't know how to move like other people or that kind of thing. So yeah, it kind of stinks there, but I'm not having that problem with Bowser's Fury 1 because I don't think the the movement mechanics are too overwhelming for anybody, if if I'm being honest with it, with it. You know, I know 3D World. 3D World makes sense to me, and I guess I should consider that a Mario 3D. No, that's, no, that's not it. It's not like that. It's not, no. It's not fully 3D. Yeah, so, you know, Bowser's Fury, I think, is going to be one of the first ones that I actually finish all the way through. I may not Mm -hmm. collect all of the cat coin things. Right. But, you but it's, I'm having fun with it. I really am. The, Mm -hmm. and the movement isn't too, isn't too bad either. But I'll let you talk about the movement. Um, I mean, I really liked Odyssey. Like I played through that whole thing. I didn't find everything, but I had a fun time with that game. And I feel like this takes what worked with Odyssey and does some improvements. Like the ability to bank all your uh, power ups is something that should be a given from now on, I think. Um, Because like you can do that in 3D world, but it's only one, right? Like so it it actually it actually depends on how many people are playing. If you have four Mm -hmm. different people playing, you can back up four different spots. But yeah. Bowser's Fury, yeah, is different. Yeah, like Bowser's Fury, you can keep, I think, like two of everything almost. I don't know if it was two or three or whatever, but it was nice to have that. And it makes sense because there's certain areas where you're like, oh, I need the cat suit. Let me switch real quick. And then I'll switch back to the fire suit because I need that. Like, it just works really well. Um, I think it being a condensed game helps it, right? Like, it's all mm-hmm. kind of one big world that you're just kind of running around in. Um, so that's an interesting difference, right? Um, but it, it kind of reminds me of Sunshine a little bit, um, a little bit of Odyssey, but it's just a very to the point, condensed, fun adventure, and it doesn't overstay its welcome. So I really, really enjoyed it. Obviously, if this was a $60 game, I think I'd be pissed because there's <laughs> there's not, you know, I mean, it's not $60 worth. So it was smart of them to include this with, you know, Super Mario 3D World, um, because since I've been playing that a lot recently, both of these like it's totally that's totally worth the $60 package to me like having never played Super Mario 3D World and then you know playing with you and also playing on my own such a good game like it's honestly it's honestly making me consider like man maybe I should go hunt down like a Wii U and try to find some of these games that I missed since I never owned (laughs) a Wii U because man they keep bringing games over I'm like oh this one's good this one's good too man what did I miss over there um but yeah I I really like Bowser's Fury um, I don't know if it'll go on my list or not. I guess it counts as a as a full game, right? So yeah, we'll, we'll can, see. You, what's nice is you can count it as kind of a mixture of the two, mm-hmm. where you right. know that we're far enough away from 3D land that it's not that big of a deal if you put it like you can count this one as its own separate right uh, entry at this point. And I, I feel the same way. You know, I really like the moments when Bowser comes out, even if I feel like he comes out a little too frequently for me. Yeah, he does. Like there are times <laughs> when. I don't want him to come out at all. Like I'm too busy trying to get this, you know, cat coin thing or cat mm-hmm. shine. That's what they are. Yep. You know, cat shine. And I can't get it because 
Bowser's 30 seconds away from respawning into the world and messing everything up. Yeah. But I, on the other hand, I do like when he comes in and he changes the world and that allows you to get different coins and now he blows up certain things if you point him in the right direction to where you can get another cat shine from him. Yep. So there's, you know, I was watching a lot of videos about this game. I think this is the next step for 3D Mario. Yeah. Uh, it's a big, wide open playground and it can it can be that. Mm-hmm. And where there's no real loading time, where you can just travel between all the worlds that you want to in, in a way, it's almost Breath of the Wild. Yeah. You know, kind of like with, you know, you have different biomes that Mario can travel to, whether it's the desert, ice, or, you know, Greenland world. And, you know, it's all just one big overworld. It's not something that gets separated yeah. by, you know, by separate worlds like how it is in 3D Mario Maker. Yeah. It definitely feels like this was their way to kind of try out that more open world style. And if it didn't get accepted well, they could just be like, all right, let's just go back to what worked for Odyssey and we'll go from there. But it seems like everybody's really liking this. So this feels like the way they're going to go for Odyssey 2 or whatever they call it. But that, again, that's probably a couple of years off, I would think. Yeah, it, it most likely is, but we'll see. You know, it's I still feel like with the and I'm not sure if this is kind of the finale for the Mario um anniversary type stuff i don't feel like it is because nintendo doesn't really make it feel like it is yeah i feel like we would have gotten more of a finale when it came to mario releases this year and i think i think the last thing they'll do is probably announce a mario kart 9 coming out i hope so we're about due for a new mario kart it's been a long time yeah and i just hope i I just hope it's something different i just hope it's not a reskin of mario kart 8 i just don't know Kart 8 is great I don't know what else you can do at this point to switch it up. Like it's it's a racing game at its core, so I don't know what else they do, but it's Nintendo. They'll think of something. Yeah, and either that or it's going to be new tracks or a new mm-hmm. gameplay mechanic or something like that. It's it's Mario Kart and people love that. Or they're going to re or they're probably going to remake Double Dash because people <laughs> that's if there's anything right now that's what people want. You, yeah. you want Double Dash, which. I don't know how much that'll actually change. Um, right. The the mechanics of Mario Kart, but still, it would it would be something that you know they've been used to doing lately because all they're doing right now is putting out the latest old game and yeah, updating them. So Bowser's Fury of Mario 3D World. If you have a Switch, definitely get it. It's definitely yeah. fun whether you're with yourself or with friends. I think I'd almost put it as like a necessity when you get your Switch at this point. Because obviously Mario Kart is a necessity, um, but I think I would put this up there with it. Yeah, I would too. Yep. Uh, Melody of Memory. Yeah, yeah. Please, <laughs> please okay. allow me to uh, allow me to hear everything. <laughs> you fully played through it, right? Yes. I okay. Did. All right. How long did it take you? Okay, I was playing on proud mode. It didn't mm-hmm. take me long. I remember okay. that. The only part that took me a while was the final boss battle. Okay. I want to say. I think my Nintendo Switch has me at a playtime of like eight or nine hours. Okay. And that's with that's with finishing that and playing some of the games in quick play. So I think Okay. I think I think seven to eight hours is a realistic representation of how long it took me. So I haven't beaten it yet. Um I got sidetracked because Mario three D World came out. Um yeah. so I kinda switched over to that. But I was playing it for about two days, you know day and a half two days pretty solid that's all i was playing um 
surprisingly, it works pretty well. Uh, it's a little clunky at the beginning, figuring out exactly what they want you to do. But once you get it all figured out, I think it works pretty well. Um, I think like you had said before, I kind of forgot how good the music is in Kingdom yeah. Hearts. Like there's some good, there's some bops in there, if you want to call them that. Um, mixed in with, you know, some Disney based, I can't call them exactly straight ripped from Disney, but like Disney based theme songs are in there. Um, my only gripe with the game, and we had talked about this, was the boss battles. I just don't yeah. think they're done well. Um, you know, you're so used to going down this path and hitting everything on time, and then you get to the boss battle and it's like curved around the side, which threw me off. Um, but then they don't really explain too well how to dodge when you have like these sections where the boss is attacking and you're supposed to be dodging and all this. But um, it's kind of a minor complaint for me, just how iffy the boss battles are um, but the rest of it i think is very very good uh it, it does a fantastic job of condensing the story and making it very easy to understand which is you should give them <laughs> you should give them a round of applause for figuring out a way to make the kingdom hearts games easy to follow because they definitely do every few songs or whatever they give you a little cutscene to catch you up on hey this is what happened this is what happened and I enjoyed that because it was like a refresher because I haven't played the first and second one in forever. Yeah. Um, so it was nice to see those again. Um, it's a very, very well done game um, for something that probably doesn't have any right to be as good as it is. <laughs> um, you and I both love music rhythm based games, so that's cool. And we both like Kingdom Hearts. You obviously like it more than I do, but I still enjoy it. Um, so it's cool to go through all these songs again and be like, oh, yeah, I remember this world or whatever. And uh, I've been having a lot of fun, so I'll definitely finish it um, and get through it. But it's a solid. Is it sixty dollars? Yeah, it is. OK, I don't know about 60. Maybe, <laughs> you know, this will be on sale at some point. So like, I feel like 40, 30 is probably fair. Um, if it's at that price, it's a definite buy for me at 60. I would say it's more of a do it like I did and get it through Gamefly. But yeah. once it drops 100 percent worth a $30, $40 price tag if you like Kingdom Hearts. Super cool. If you're just going into it for a rhythm-based game, though, I don't know about that. Because I don't know if it's... It's not the best-made rhythm game, but it's not bad. It's it's yeah. very competent. So we'll go with a we'll go with a rent for me. Yeah, but better than things, I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah, one of the things I will mention that I agree with is the boss battles are a little bit... For me, in a way, anticlimactic. Like I think what Square Enix was trying to do was make the boss battles seem more cinematic and, mm -hmm. and remind you of the boss battle when you played it when you were playing Kingdom Hearts One, Two, or right. Birth by Seat, blah 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 blah. And I think, and I think that's where they kind of missed where, you know, it the reason it's curved is because they want you to also see what's going on on the screen. You know, the the battle taking place and that kind of. Mm -hmm. Which they probably didn't really need to do. They, but you can't even see because you have to pay so much attention to the notes. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely do. <laughs> like so, I couldn't even tell you what the boss battles look like because I was so like focused on the curved road over there. Yeah, it's. I know it's a little bit of a mess in, mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, but I still, I still think. Yeah, I still think Melody and Memory is a fun game, and considering it's one of the really only like there, there are some rhythm games on the Switch. But I feel like this one is kind of the best rhythm game that you can get. Yeah. I've, I've tried Supernova and, and Grice, if that's how I can pronounce it. It's G-R-I-S, Grease or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
and I still had the most fun with Kingdom Hearts, regardless of the fact that I'm such a big fan. Yeah, definitely a very good game. And then with uh, gaming, with me, it would be Persona 5 Strikers. Now, as of the day of recording on the 23rd, that's what, that today this game came out. I really am only five minutes in, and what okay. I can say that I like about it differently now is... First off, Persona 5 Strikers, it is not a regular Persona game, so you're not getting that. But what you are getting is the characters, you know, you spent at least 100 hours with <laughs> right. from the from the Persona games. So you it jumps right into uh, right after Persona 5, the regular edition, not Royal. Like this is kind of where maybe two branches of like time come together here where Persona 5 Royal ends and Persona 5, the regular edition, goes into Persona 5 Strikers. So, there's a... The game pretty much expects you to know what's going on, so there isn't a lot of explanation as to what you're doing a lot of the time. So, I understand for newcomers, coming right into it, it may be a little bit confusing. And you might not really understand the stakes of everything that's going on, because they reference stuff in the... They reference some stuff in the first game, but not super huge spoilers for for the game because, you know, they want you to play those original games. And what I do like about combat right now with it is it's it's the same as all the Dynasty Warriors and uh, Hyrule Warriors as well, where you're playing as uh, two, three, four characters and you're beating up a bunch of monsters pretty easily. What I do like that's different is the fact that there are moments in the game where you can kind of use your your persona's abilities to where Joker can bring out Arsene, his main um, persona, and do abilities that you learn from, you know, in the first game. So it stops time, and they're kind of these area of, area of effect damages that I, I just think improve the quality of life and make combat a little bit more varied. And on top of that, and I'm not sure if it's just in the tutorial opening demo, but usually in these games, you know, you have a combat of pressing Y, 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 Y five times, and it finishes out at a combo, or Y, Y, X is a different combo. And what I like about this is the fact that as you're pressing Y for normal attacks, it'll kind of tell you, okay, your next attack will be a normal one. Or if you press X in the next press, it's going to be a persona attack. So it it kind of makes things easier to see and more visually appealing to where you know, okay, this is, if you're looking for a certain combo, this is where I want to end it. Because sometimes when you're playing like Hyrule Warriors, you don't get that kind of feedback and you end up doing a combo that, while it still kills everybody, isn't what you want. Okay. But, so is this the way you think they're going to go in the future or not? Like you think no. the next person, okay. No, Persona will always be turn-based. It's been yeah. like the mainline series have always been like that, and the side series have always been kind of these weird other pieces of game. For example, you know we have Persona Five, Four, and Three dancing rhythm games that are available on PlayStation Four. Mm -hmm. You also have a uh, Persona Four fighting game. So as as more of these games come out, we will always get more very diverse different types of games because i don't think atlas will allow these games to be a a true persona experience right that would take away from the mainline games i think okay but expect more i'm um, expect more from me uh next week because next week i have i've got a 
I got a big week coming ahead of me with games because I have. I'm gonna have more on this game. I have Bravely yep. Default two. That comes out Friday, right? Yep. Yeah. So I have. I've got a. I've got a busy week, and on top of that, too, you know, I bought XCOM two for Switch because <laughs> it was twenty bucks, mm-hmm. and uh, GameStop is doing a sale on Pokemon games where I think it's like twenty five percent off. So I decided to get the Dungeon series. Because... Okay. So I'm gonna have games. Don't worry about games, guys, because I got them. So the real question is then, because I know you bought both, which one are you gonna? Which one are you playing on? Strikers? Are you playing so on right, the Switch or PS4? So right now I'm playing on Switch, and okay. you actually brought me to a point that I forgot to mention. <laughs> right now, and I'm not sure if it's because I'm jaded from the PS5 or the Xbox, but mm-hmm. loading screens that's that's still the thing on the Switch. Yeah. So I'm interested to compare the loading times between the two. If I'm being honest, it depends on how far I get into Strikers before my PS4 version comes out. I had to get that mailed to me. Okay. And I know the PS4 version is going to perform better and look nicer, which for me is usually what I would rather do. So. Okay. Any is there uh, like any noticeable reason you would get one over the other other than like loading times, I guess, if you're playing on PS5, like there's no difference, right? There's yeah, there is no real big difference. Really, the only thing that you have to decide is whether or not you want to be able to play Persona 5 Strikers on the go Mm -hmm. in a less powerful way or you want to play it at home and have it look prettier and load faster, that type of thing. Okay. so I I will be experimenting with both versions of the game when I get it. Okay, that makes sense. Cool. And then that's it for games for this week. We are now on to movies and TV shows which I got a couple this week besides the normal. (laughs) Yeah. Besides one division. One thing I did want to mention is I started watching Animaniacs, the Hulu original. Okay. And what, what I'm kind of surprised is by one, uh, have you watched Animaniacs on Hulu yet? I haven't seen the new stuff. No. So that this is, this is the exact same thing I was thinking of is I remember all the hype when the, when, they were announcing Animaniacs coming back. Yeah. And then I feel like when it came back, we haven't heard anything since. Yeah. Like nobody's watching it. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know if people are watching it cause no one's talking about it, but I'm five episodes in mm-hmm. and I really like the Animaniacs right now. It, yes, there's a bit of childhood nostalgia for me, mm-hmm. but they, the Animaniacs is doing a very good job of being very smart and, doing and making comments on kind of today's world in a animaniac way right uh, really the only thing i have a problem with is you probably don't need to play the theme song to pick me in the brain like every time <laughs> uh, because pretty much how they do de- how they divide these episodes is you have a portion of it dedicated to the animaniacs another portion dedicated to picking me in the brain and then there's kind of a three minute spoof or special back to the animaniacs mm-hmm. so it switches back and forth, but you have to hear the theme songs for both every single time. So you can either skip it or you end up listening or you end up listening to it. And if you're me, you now have Pinky and the Brain theme song stuck in your head for, <laughs> for eternity. Right. I think, too, like not too long ago, maybe a couple of years ago, we were watching through Animaniacs with our daughter, right, when she was into it, like the old ones. And it was kind of the same thing, realizing like, man, there's so many jokes from the old ones that went over my head as a kid. 
and going back and listening to it and be like, man, they were they were hitting some some jokes in there. So it's good to hear that they're still doing that, because I think that's what makes it better than just your average cartoon is the ability for them to kind of take what South Park does. Right. But in a less crude way, I guess. Yeah, Um, it's definitely not as crude as as South Park, but there definitely are moments where where you kind of get it or you Mm -hmm. kind of. They're kind of pushing it, but I think that's because Animaniacs also understands that their main demographic of crowd has exponentially, you know, um, aged. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) pretty much. I don't know of too many younger kids that are wanting to watch Animaniacs. It's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it, and I do suggest people watch it. It is it is a fun time. Okay. what else did you watch besides WandaVision? We can save that for last. So if I'm, in all honesty, that's the only thing I remember watching. I've watched okay. more of the Pokemon journeys on Netflix. Okay. Um, and, and that still is good. It's an ongoing series. I am going to start watching the crew, which okay. is a Netflix original. That's supposed to be like a comedy with, uh, what's his name? Kevin James. Ke- yeah. Kevin James. And it's about him owning a NASCAR team or yeah. crew chiefing a NASCAR team. I, I used to like NASCAR a lot. I don't watch it too much now, but I do believe that this series does have potential to be pretty funny. So I'm going to give it a shot. Since Kevin James is in it, you have to keep a running counter of how many times he falls over. Okay. Because <laughs> he, he tends to fall over in pretty much everything he does. Um, so two things I watched before we get to WandaVision. One, I did finish Fate, um, the fairy based show. I am completely done with that now. And I did really, really like it. I think it ended up being something pretty cool. Um, I thought it was from like a book series, but apparently not. Apparently it was a cartoon on Nickelodeon at one point. Oh, Um, really? Didn't know that, but yeah. And they kind of took it in, aged it up, obviously, um, especially by the language. But um, (laughs) it was very good. I liked where it went. My only issue with it is that this whole first season is a setup for the next season, like the entire thing. Got okay. to the end and I was like, the last 10 minutes, there's some twists in there. And I was like, all right, I see what we're doing here. But I just spent those entire six episodes setting up whenever they decide to film another season again. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, that's kind of a bummer. But I guess that happens quite a bit with the first season of shows. So I'm excited to see where they go with it. It's definitely not a, a show that I thought I would be interested in the slightest, but it was just something I was looking for some sort of show to watch besides WandaVision to keep me going between Fridays. And that's what I happened upon. And I think it's really, really good. So I would recommend that people check it out. Um, Even though like, I mean, it kind of turned me off at first. I was like, oh, fairies. That's weird. I don't really care about (laughs) fairies, but I don't know. Um, It does kind of remind me of Harry Potter a little bit, but uh, definitely check it out. It's a good time. And then I did watch the uh, Monster Hunter movie yesterday. Okay. Um, I don't have the background in lore on Monster Hunter that I think you do. So I didn't get probably all the references that you might have if you watch this movie, but, uh, not really what I expected. Um, I was kind of thinking about before we started, I don't know if I liked it or not. I don't know. Um, I didn't hate it. One thing that kind of threw me off is if you watch the trailer, like, you know, it's Mila Jovich and uh, she gets transported into this other world. The new world, I believe, is what they called it. Is that what they called it in Monster Hunter? Yeah. OK, so they get transported. Her and her unit, her military unit gets transported into the new world. And then 
everybody at her unit gets killed off immediately, like just immediately, um, which was kind of surprised because there wasn't like big names in it, but there were some known names in there. T.I. was one of them. Um, and it really T.I. I've <laughs> needed him for there longer. I believed in him. <laughs> but uh, it really becomes uh, Milo Jovich and uh, the other man who is from the New World, which is uh, I believe it's I believe it's Tony Jaw, the, the martial artist. Um, who's pretty well known. Um, it becomes basically the two of them. And it's almost like a survival type movie, right? Like we really only see there are some, again, I don't know the monsters cause I didn't play enough of the game, but like there's monsters that remind me of spiders. Yeah. Um, and then there's the giant monster that they're trying to kill. And then there's dragons. Those are the three that they go with. Um, but the majority of the movie is like, the two of them, Mila Jovich and Tony Jaw's character, just surviving in the desert. And then you get to the last 20 minutes of the movie and Tony Jaw gets reunited with his company of people yeah. um, that he lost in the beginning. And that's where you get like the nod to the game. Like you go down into their ship and you see the cats down there cooking food, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, but you had to throw the cats in there. Yeah, uh, but uh and then they all fight like the dragon and stuff. And I thought that was cool. But overall, I think it's kind of. It's not completely forgettable, but I don't know if people who like the game and are like looking for a Monster Hunter type game are going to be into a movie about them running and hiding from monsters for an hour. I don't know if that's a thing you want from that type of movie. I mean, you get the nice, cool battle at the end with the dragon. I thought that was cool. It's very cool. Um, but. I don't know. I just it's a weird direction to take that movie, I think, based on the source material. But again, I didn't play enough of the game, so maybe it works. But I felt like when I did play the game, it was literally you're going to hunt these monsters, not hide from them. But it's not terrible. Um, you'll probably end up watching it, I'm sure, at some point, And you can give your impression since you know more about the game than I do. It's a solid rent. I just think it's a movie that like six months from now, nobody's even going to remember came out. Yeah, which I don't know. With video games, movies, this doesn't surprise me. Right. I do eventually want to watch it. I guess the main thing that they kind of get away from is the Monster Hunter's never been about like almost surviving. Yeah. In a way, it's all been about, you know, tracking animals and planning them. So it would have made a lot more sense for Mila, Mila Djokovic. And when I watch the movie, I'll know more about it, but for mm -hmm. them to be like tracking the monster. That, they you know, do kind of right okay. like the beginning of the movie is obviously she's in a, a world that she has no idea what it is um and they're just running from everything and obviously they have their guns which do literally nothing which i think is hilarious because tony jaw's <laughs> character is using a bow and arrow and a, and a sword and that does more damage but anyway um and then it does kind of she gets hooked up with his character and then they they hunt down not hunt kind of hunt down this one main a monster that's preventing them from leaving. So that part of it is there. Um, and like you have a moment where like they're deciding how to kill it and they decide to come up with like a poisoned tipped thing, which yeah. makes sense. Um, so that part, I mean, they are going that way, but just a majority of the movie is like her running and hiding. And I was like, I don't think this is what we wanted from this kind of movie. I don't think. <laughs> Yeah, the, the idea of a Monster Hunter movie really doesn't translate well to a movie for me to begin right. with. So it it's surprising, and yeah, I'm going to watch it. But I'm 
kind of surprised to hear you have like an okay tone about it. Yeah, it's not terrible. Uh, like a, a lot those of people thought it was. Yeah, those two have good chemistry. Like they worked very well together. Um, but again, it's not a great movie. And and once you watch it, you'll probably forget about it in a week. But I didn't hate my hour and a half with it, so I can't yeah. complain. Yeah. All right. So then we t- uh, on to the uh, Daily One Division. Um, yeah part of the podcast so mm-hmm. we finally we're finally getting a lot of what we're asking for and this seems this episode is just pretty much a huge setup yeah for these next i think what final two episodes yeah we got two left too so it what i what i do like about this is the theme song was based off the office and we mm-hmm. kind of have these fourth wall where wanda is talking into the camera yeah and She's a mess. She can't control the world. She doesn't understand why. And she's kind of playing it off as goofy as she can. I think because one, she understands it. She can't control it. And two, she just is trying to accept that she, that she wants to live here with vision, of course. So we find vision, uh, out in the middle of this clown parking lot and Darcy is tied up to a car and she ends up being kind of the magician, the escape artist. And, it was funny because this entire segment, I just kept reminding myself, like, Vision can fly. Yeah. Like, they end up... <laughs> when they're in the car, you mean? Yep. <laughs> yeah. They're in a car, and they're talking to each other about what's been going on, and Vision gets caught up on pretty much everything that's happened since Endgame. Yeah. And, you know, they're, they're sitting there, and he ends up getting tied up because Wanda's trying to stop Vision from getting uh, back to the house. So maybe. there are all these... Maybe. There are yeah. all these funny things that keep coming in their way. And I kept screaming at the TV, like, Vision can fly. He can move yep. through things. He has super speed, which he shouldn't even have. Mm-hmm. So there's there's all these different things. And then he just leaves Darcy there. So. Yeah. He has that moment where he's doing the talk to the camera. And he's like, what am I doing here? And he just gets up and takes his microphone off and then flies out of the top of the car they're in. I thought it was kind of cool that. Darcy's character in there was the escape artist. I think that's kind of probably more foreshadowing, right? She's going to figure out a way to get them out of there, maybe. But yeah, I mean, a nod to the office and nod to Modern Family. A little bit of both in there. Um, I think I, we're we're back on track because this is another episode. Where I'm like, this is the best episode. So yeah, like, I think we're back yeah. on track again. Yeah, one thing that I will say too is we're about to get into super spoilers for this. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't watched it, I would probably skip to the end of the podcast. Yeah. If I'm being completely honest, because mm-hmm. we're getting into, we're getting into the big part here. So, you know, I'll give you a second here. Go cool. photon's been announced. <laughs> hey, <laughs> so I really, I really liked Monica's character this, um, this season. And I really like that they've announced her and that she's kind of, she kind of doesn't I think she knows now that she's kind of changed and has some sort of superpowers, but she doesn't know what they are or what to mm-hmm. do with them, which I think is I think is nice to see because throughout the Marvel Universe, we've had everybody who knows their super knows their superhero and knows how to use their powers where Monica's kind of just dumped right into it. And I really don't think has a full grasp of what she can do yet. Yep. So it. I do like seeing that. I like seeing that the character is kind of this change. I, I feel like in a lot of Marvel movies, this change would have happened to her and she would have been like, Oh, okay, I can fly. I can do this now. I can do this right. now too. So it's nice to see that she doesn't all have it figured out yet. 
Yeah. And, you know, whether they decide to do, you know, what they do in the comics or not, but like she is the successor for Captain Marvel. So I feel like that's definitely what they're setting up for here. But I just thought the way she got her powers going through the wall was really cool. Yeah, um, it was her, her her little face off with Wanda. She looked cool. And this is somebody that they already said was going to have a big part in the next phase. So it's cool to see her get her, you know, beginnings here. She's going to be a really cool character. I like her a lot. Yeah. And then we have the big reveal here where <laughs> we find out that we are dealing with Agatha Harkness, who mm-hmm. is the Agnes character in her TV show, which a lot of people have theorized because this, <laughs> yeah. this show has been theorized to death. Mm-hmm. Somebody was eventually going to be right at, at this point. But one, I enjoyed it. I feel like she's played a fag- uh, um, a magnificent role yeah. so far as kind of this witch. And the the moment I, I love the fact that the moment she does this, a theme song for her comes up saying, it's, you, know, <laughs> it, it, you know, it was all me. It was all me. And that kind yep. of thing. I absolutely love yeah, I I still 100% believe that she's not like the main villain here, but she has done such a wonderful job that if she is the main villain here, I'm totally okay with that. Like yeah. she has killed it um, in every episode that she's been in. And I don't know. Yeah, the theme song was great. Um, even the fact that like she showed that she was the person behind the camera, right? I think yeah. is really cool. Just it was done so well. I hope that she gets to stick around for a while in the Marvel universe too. I hope it's not just WandaVision because having her around in the movies and other TV shows would be great just to be a constant annoyance or pain, you know, like she would do so well at that. Yeah. I'm interested to see kind of what happens with all this stuff, because I don't know what movie TV contracts like Elizabeth Olsen signed on for, Mm -hmm. but a lot of the times, you know, she was in civil war she was in Age of Ultron, and now she's in this. I don't, and she's going to be in a mul- Madness of the Multiverse. Right. I don't know what else she's going to be in, or if she's going to be in more movies, because a lot of these actors seem to have like three movie contracts, and then they they leave their role. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see what more we get out of Elizabeth Olsen's character, because um, a- Agatha is a main villain to to Wanda. It, yep. it is a very you know known villain for her and i know and we were you know i was listening to a bit of the podcast that you were listening to but this is the way it seems that they're going to be introducing magic into the yeah. world and how magic is going to work and maybe that's what this uh phase focuses on which is you know the age of magic yep i hope Marvel. so that'd and, be really cool yeah and right now they're right now they're hitting it i it's gonna be kind of weird and I hate to say it, but I really don't know how Falcon and um, the Winter Soldier is supposed to live up to this, if, yeah. even if it's supposed to. Yep. Because we know that what's happening here is kind of a big setup for what's going to be in the next phase, where with Winter Soldier and Falcon, I don't know if we're going to get the same amount of, you know, not attention to detail, but the same kind of, you know, plot thickens and yeah. the the future of the series questions that we had with WandaVision. We're in a weird position now where like when, you know, Falcon and winter soldier was announced. That was the one that I was like, this is the one I'm most looking forward to. And like, 
hey, I think WandaVision's probably going to be cool, but like I'm really looking forward to the one after WandaVision. And now we're at a point where like going back to a TV show that is more like the Marvel that we're used to, maybe kind of a letdown. And like, I don't doubt that it's going to be, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to be a fun TV show because it's Marvel. But like once you go from WandaVision, which just surpassed everything we thought it would be, it, I do feel like we're going to be like a little let down. Um, I hope not. Like, I hope it just continues that like upward climb of like, yeah, this is great. I'm ready for the next phase. But um, and maybe that's their way of like gearing us back up for the normal Marvel style so we can get into Black Widow. And then maybe go back into Doctor Strange because I don't even remember when Doctor Strange is supposed to come out. I think it's next year, right? Or is it this year? Is it in the fall? Uh, maybe? I can't. I can't remember. Yeah, it might. It's either. I'm gonna fall have to look it up. Or, yeah. yeah, it might be in the fall. Um, but yeah, because everybody now once this is over, WandaVision's over. It's going to be like, all right, when's Doctor Strange come out? Because I need to know what happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This says March 25th, 2022. Okay, so we have just an, another year, mm-hmm. pretty much for the most part, which makes sense. Yep. But you know, we'll we'll see, and I am definitely interested to see what happens with these yeah. final two episodes. We're we're at the point now where after the episode's done, I'm just like, could could you not just release the rest of yeah. the series? That would be just cool. give us the rest. <laughs> I absolutely agree. It might so, be. I don't normally do it, but it might be something that once we get all the episodes, I might actually end up just watching through again just the whole way through. And I don't it, normally do that, but it's so good. It is that good of a series. I absolutely mm-hmm. agree with, with mm-hmm. that, where it's something where maybe you watch it again and you try to see what kind of differences there were and how you probably might've been able to tell beforehand. Yeah. True. Going you know, that's that, that's it from movies and TV for me. How about you? That's it. All right. With that, we want to thank you guys for listening to the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast. If you're interested in getting involved in our community, we have a Twitch channel where Craig and I stream. We have a Facebook and Instagram and a Twitter if you're interested in following us. I do tweet a decent amount. I've done a good job of that so far, so <laughs> I'm, I'm trying with that. If you're interested in reading the Nintendo Direct article I wrote, it's on High Sensitivity Gaming. It's going to be pretty much, if you just scroll a little bit down, it'll be the first article you see. So I appreciate if you give that a read and if you feel like I missed anything, comment below and try to have a discussion. All for talking about video games and how that Nintendo Direct went because a lot of people feel like it either was really good or really bad. Uh, yeah. I tend to lean more on the better side of the, of the Nintendo Direct. But with that, just thanks again for listening and we'll see you guys next time. See you later. See you later.